Father, we bless your name for your love and mercies. Thank you for your goodness to us in the name of Jesus. Lord, as you go into your word, speak to us in Jesus' name. Send forth your word. Make your people full of faith and power. Make us more than conquerors every time. Practically, every time in Jesus' name. You have done it in the spirit. Let it be experienced in every life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's mighty name I pray. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Louder, louder. Thank you, Father. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah! Amen and amen. This morning I want to encourage us. I want to stir up your faith for you to know there is no devil anywhere that is supposed to overcome you. Amen. I want you to know very clearly and understand very well that there is no demon, no devil anywhere that is supposed to have power over you. You as a child of God, God has invested in you so much that every demon must bow before you I pray the Lord will give you the grace to understand the investments that God has put in your lives Amen, Amen. that's the problem with many of us a lot of times we do not realize the investments that God has made in us God has made a lot of investments in you which if you realize it will be very good for you to realize and acknowledge them so that you can walk tall and live the life that God expects you to live as someone who is more than a conqueror all the time. Let's go to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon. Are you blank? Are you trying to remember where Philemon is? Good. Book of Philemon, that's New Testament. For those who don't know where it is, Philemon is between Titus and Hebrews. For those who are trying to get it, who do not know where it is, Philemon is between Titus and Hebrews. Are you there now? Book of Philemon, just one chapter, an epistle comprising of just one chapter. 
verse 6 that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus every good thing which is in you that, that's talking of the things that God has invested in your life when you acknowledge these things that's when you'll be able to walk in the power that God has planned for you to walk in if you don't acknowledge them you don't know them you don't find out you do not uh, make a discovery of these things then there is no how you are going to be able to walk in power which God has planned for you to walk in God did not create you to be an ordinary person He created you to be a person of power Amen Let me read that in the Amplified Bible. Hope to make it clearer. Philemon, verse 6. In Amplified Bible. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. I read again, Amplified Bible, Philemon verse 6. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith, participation in, we are participating in the faith. We are sharing it. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory we are participating in the faith 
We are sharing it and we are sharing it with others. And when we acknowledge the investments that God has put in us, it's going to go a long way to make you to make us more than conquerors. If you as a child of God, you are able to acknowledge everything God has invested in you. When you have a child, you send the child to school, you are investing in your child, isn't it? Send your child to school. After primary school, you send him to secondary school. After secondary school, you say you must go to the university. A friend of yours might be building a house at that time. But you say, no, I won't build a house now. I want to send my son, my children to university. Are you understanding? That's when it becomes a matter of priority. You could have built a house before then. But I'm just assuming you have some money. Okay, do I build a house? That's an investment, is it not? Somebody said, how do I invest this money? In a house or I invest it in my children? Now this person decides to leave the house and send his children to school. So he's investing in his children. Hallelujah. There are parents like that who invested in their children while their friends were spending money on, on important things, uh, having high life, enjoying themselves. They are forgotten that they are going to grow old. And all the running around, they will not be able to run around again. Or somebody invested in all these children. And one day, one will say, uh, uh, Daddy, Mommy, please uh, come over to UK. Another day, other will say, I want you to come to US. I want you to come to Germany. We want you to all over like that. Because they invested in their children. When you are sending your children to school, it's an investment. When God gave back to you in Christ, He invested in you. The day you were born again, God put investment. There is no responsible prayer who does not invest in the children. You think God will not invest in you? God has invested a lot in you. But because the nature of these investments, they are spiritual. And many of us don't discover it. Many of us do not know. That's what I'm saying this morning. When you get to know, you come to the awareness of the investments God has made in you. As a child of God. And you rise to the level of that investment. There is no level of satanic power anywhere in the world that will be able to stand before you. Nothing like that. You don't have to be a pastor to experience what I'm saying now. Don't say he's talking like that because he's a pastor. No, I'm talking about what is for every child of God. It has nothing to do with being a pastor or not being a pastor. Hallelujah. It's a mark of illiteracy. In the olden days, when people have children, male and female, they invest in their male children. They don't invest in the female children. They say, after all, somebody is going to take her away. True of us? It's a mark of illiteracy. 
They say somebody will marry her and she will change her name. And she will be under somebody's control. They want her, the husband may not let her come. In the olden days, parents didn't send there. They never used to send female children to school. I'm talking of olden days. They would send the male to school, but the female, once they can read, uh, count one, two, three, if they give them that, that's the end. But now things have changed. People are wiser than that. I heard of a, a parent who had uh, a female child. I don't know whether I don't know whether she had other children. I think so. But it was a female child that prospered more, and I sustaining the parents in their time of old age. Suppose she had said, uh, "Female." Somebody will marry her, leave that one alone. She will have had nobody to help her in time of old age. Or, or, or he or she, or both of them. And then in England, was a very small church. In these three weeks, I love the church. Very small. Well, it was full of life. No. It was full of life. Uh, my sister didn't have time to take me to her regular church they were full of uh, overflow of wedding celebration but well, Sunday morning I said me I'm not saying at all I'm going to church <laughs> everybody so there was one said I said I, can't, I, said, I can't stay at home today I'm going to church today is Sunday so I looked for a church nearby one of her neighbors I went to their church it was a very small church Oh, it was full of life. They spoke about missions. They spoke about evangelism. Small church, but there was life there. Hallelujah. Are you ready now? I was talking, I was talking about investments. Uh, there is no responsible parent that does not invest in the children. So that they can become something, somebody useful. Isn't it? Don't think God is irresponsible to have given back to you in Christ and not invest in you. You are the one who has not discovered investments. There is no Christian without power. Say it loud. Say it again. There is no Christian. Without power. Every Christian has an investment of power in his life. You may not know it. You may not be using it. But it's there. Uh, those are the things we're talking about. Uh, you have to acknowledge the good things, the investments that God has put in you. I'll go back to KJV momentarily. Philemon verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. When you discover those good things, 
your life will be full of power. And I pray that the persuasion in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition. Say full recognition. Say it again. Full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus. So we must have full recognition, full appreciation, full understanding, and a clear knowledge of every good thing that becomes ours in our identification with Christ. You have an identification with Christ. That's why you say, He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. You have an identification with Christ. That's why you say, We are joint heirs with him. We are joint heirs with him. Hallelujah. God has put his Holy Ghost in you, the press, he has put Jesus in you. That is the greatest investment which if you recognize and realize and stir up is going to bring a great manifestation of God's power into your life. Hallelujah. That's why I say you are more than a conqueror. Not that we are more than a conqueror on our own, but through the person to whom we are united. In our union with Christ, we are more than conquerors. Because Christ is in you. These things are simple things, but you need to understand them. The Bible speaks of putting the church in remembrance. That's the duty of the ministers to remind you the important things about your faith. But you also can help yourself by reminding yourself. By looking at the word of God, reading the scriptures, praying and meditating. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. That's an investment of God in you. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. That's an investment of God in you. The spirit of truth, when he is come, he says he will be with you. He will be in you, not only with you. While he was with the apostles before he died, he said to them, the, the Spirit is with you. But he said, later, he will be in you. Amen. And then later he said, he will be upon you. He will come upon you. Your, that's Yoruba, we say, your sokales. Sorry, that's why the Holy Ghost is usually depicted with a picture of a dog. 
Have you, I'm sure you have seen a dove flying very beautifully, isn't it? And lighting. That's why the Spirit of God will come upon you gently, quietly, and rest upon you. So the investment of God in you is threefold. The investment of God is threefold. Christ in you. That's the Spirit of God in you. Holy Ghost with you. And Holy Ghost upon you. So it started with the level of being with you. At the time you started hearing the word of God, times people started to preach to you, the Holy Spirit was with you. But that's all he could do to make you to understand. But after you opened the door of your heart, and then he entered into your heart, uh, things progressed from being with you to being in you. Are you understanding? Hallelujah. And then after you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, another level of investment, the Holy Spirit poured upon you from heaven. Amen. All these are great investments of God in your life. Some believers say, I'm a Christian, I am baptized in the Holy Ghost. I speak with tongues. But you have not really discovered the level of the investment God has made in you. The Spirit with you move you forward to the Spirit in you. They move you forward again to the Spirit upon you. That's the anointing, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These investments are supposed to be manifested. The more you realize them, the more they will come into manifestation. The more you celebrate them, the more they will come into manifestation. For if you don't take knowledge of them, you are born again, Yes, but you are just born again like that. You don't really appreciate or celebrate what God has done in your life. Then you are not going to have much manifestation of God's power. Hallelujah. Let me read John 14. John 14, let me read verse 16. And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Amen. That he may abide with you for how long? Forever. Forever. Amen. 
John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Whom I will send unto you from who? Even the Spirit of Truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Amen. By sending the Spirit to you, God did a great investment. He put a great investment in you. The more you acknowledge it, the more His power will manifest in your life. For if you just leave it there and behave as if nothing has happened, then you are not going to... Don't be surprised if you don't experience the power of God. Hallelujah. 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 Say, so I have the Holy Ghost in me. The Holy Spirit of the living God is within me. Amen. First John 2, verse 20, verse 27. For ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. First John two twenty. KJV, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Unction there is speaking of anointing. Speaking of what? I don't know what your version says first john 2 20 which word is used in your own bible version is the unction that's kjv what other version do you have the word unction there means anointing the anointing of the holy spirit anybody good anointing so the unction means anointing Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That anointing is God's investment in you. And the more you discover it, the better for you. Amen. And now he calls it anointing. Amplified Bible also calls it anointing. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. Amplified Bible, that's an IV. Amplified now. But you have been anointed by. You hold a sacred appointment from. You have been given an unction from the Holy One. And you all know the truth. Or you know all things. You know all things that does not mean every bit of everything in the world is talking about all things 
that God has revealed to you. Amen. Verse 27. Verse 27. Verse John 2:27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. Was abiding in you? Yes. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things. And it's truth. And it's no lie. And even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. Amen. The anointing that ye have received of him. By that in you. That's investment. Investment of God in you. When God brings a teacher to teach you the word of God. He's investing in you. Amen. And God expects all these things to manifest. Don't receive any good thing from God in vain. Hallelujah. Every sermon you are hearing, every teaching you are given, they are all investments of God. God is taking note of what is investing in you. And if it doesn't bring forth fruit, God will not be happy. Just like you spend money on a child to educate a child, if it's not serious with the education, you, you will not be happy, isn't it? Any parent like that that will be happy? You're spending a lot of money to give a child good education and he's not serious, he or she is not serious, the parent will not be happy. The same way God has invested a lot in you, every teaching you receive, every material for teaching, for learning, God brings your way. They are his investments in your life. And God wants you to take knowledge of them, to appreciate them, and make sure they bring forth fruit. Amen. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, let's go to verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. Are you following that? The earth, the ground, but that which beareth thorns, and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be born look at that the ground that receives rain two kinds of ground there how many kinds of ground one receives the rain it drinks in the rain that god gives from heaven and it produces herbs fruits and food for people to eat the bible says god is happy and bless the land Another one receives all the rain. Instead of bringing fruit, and what is useful, it brings thorns, briars, thistles. The Bible says it's nigh unto cursing. This is a figurative language. Are you understanding? 
God is talking about human lives that receive the word of God. And they bring forth fruit. Fruit of holiness. Fruit of righteousness. God is happy with them and he blesses them all. But a person or people who receive the word of God. The word is taught, they receive, they receive, but they don't bring forth fruit. God is not happy with people like that. Why? The investments of God in their lives does not show. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Hebrews 4. Know the investments of God in you. Know the tools. I've, I've talked about investment of God in you. Now you also have to know the tools that God has given you. Know what? The tools. There is no worker that can work without good tools. Isn't it? You can't work without good tools. Hallelujah. A man opened a wristwatch. He wanted to put to change the battery. But somehow he could not close it. And he said he needed a machine to clamp it together. He didn't have the machine. So he could not complete the job. You all know very well that a carpenter who does not have right tools will never do your job well. Isn't it? A mechanic who does not have correct tools will damage your vehicle. Where is supposed to remove a screw or a bolt? He doesn't have the right size of hammer or the uh, sorry, the right size of spanner. Or he doesn't even have the right apart from size now, there are times you need a, a flat spanner, isn't it? There are times you need a box spanner, isn't it? There are times you need a ring spanner. Am I okay? I'm not a fitter, but I know uh, at least those little, little things. If you are trying to lose a bolt, and you need a box spanner, and you are using a ring spanner, how long will it take you? You'll be there till night. And sometimes some people want to lose a screw or whatever. They don't have the right tool. Then they start to tap it. Isn't it? They start to they put some and start hitting it. Invariably, what will happen? They will damage it. You have to know the tools that God has given you. Tell somebody, know the tools that God has given you. Know the investments of God in your life. Know the tools that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A person who does not discover his tool will just be wasting time. There is no workman that can be good without knowing how to use his tools. Isn't it? A carpenter cuts wood with a saw. After cutting it, he wants to plane it, isn't it? He must have the instrument they call plane. 
if he's not able to plan it, he will not do a good job. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Captain, will you tell him, why is this place rough? He didn't use his tool there. Has it happened to you before? A carpenter did a job for you and he said, why is all this place rough? Hallelujah. And he'll be telling you stories. Instead of confessing that he didn't have the tool or it was whatever, he didn't use the right tool. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't use the right tool. Instead of using what he should use, uh, he used something else. After planning it, then the sandpaper can come, isn't it? Uh, but you cannot go and be using sandpaper when you have not uh, used the instrument to plane it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Likewise in Christ, you have instruments. Your number one instrument is the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Say it again. Say it again. Hallelujah. That's your number one instrument, the Word of God. If you don't know the power of the Word of God, and you don't acknowledge it, you will suffer unnecessarily. What did I say? A Christian who does not discover the power of the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrews 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It's NIV. Let me read it first. For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is quick. And powerful. That's the way KJV puts it. I like KJV. But sometimes I like to go to other versions to make certain things clearer. If you ask for the Bible I love most, that's the KJV. Let me read it in KJV. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. 
He has enabled to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and he is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is quick and powerful. Say it. That word quick means alive. The word has self-fulfilling power. The word of God has self-fulfilling power. What did I say? It has power in it to bring itself to pass. Amplified Bible. For the word that God speaks. The word that who speaks? Is alive. And full of power. It's alive and full of what? The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Amen. No, it's not ordinary. A carpenter wants to remove certain nails. Are you paying attention? To remove certain nails, carpenter will need these uh, instruments to, like pincers to grip the nail and remove it there's a small one there's a big one isn't it I don't know what they call it whatever they call it not a carpenter <laughs> hallelujah sometimes there's one they call a bar if it's a, I don't know whether it's the correct name for all these uh, all these carpenters you know there are some things some of our artisans there are some things they say that they are not necessarily very correct Huh? Like when they tell you the boris of your That's how they tell you but your the boris <laughs> of your cars collapse, whether uh, on the wheel. And they're actually talking of the bearing. Are you understanding? Isn't it? I don't know. So this why I say I don't know whether they are correct or not. But I don't know better than them. I'm I'm not a fitter. That's not my area. So they will, they will call it a bar, isn't it? There are nails you can remove with a small uh, thing that looks like a pincer. But when it's a big nail on a piece of wood, you need what they call bar. If you don't have it, you'll just be laboring there. You won't get it out. The word of God is a major tool in your victory over Satan. Amen. So if you don't know the word, you don't have the tool. You'll just be saying... I wish God would do this thing, oh. I wish God would do it, oh. But God has given you a tool you did not discover. There are times you need to bind the devil. There are times you need to destroy his works. There are times you need to speak a particular kind of word that is very direct to your situation. Amen? And if you don't know the word to speak, then you just suffer unnecessarily. That's the word of God. That's why it's a major tool. It's a major tool in the fights of the believer against satanic power. It's a major tool. The word is alive. It's full of power. You have to recognize the word of God as a tool. The word of God, Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. Amen. 
Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 17 calls it the sword of the spirit. Amen. So there are different kinds of swords for every situation. You are praying for healing, then you use the sword for healing. You want somebody to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you use another uh, place in the Word of God. Everything depends on faith. You need to bind and cast out devils. Then you use another key or another sword. I say, I give unto you power. I say, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And you want to destroy satanic power, then you use another key. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Hallelujah. Recognize it. Know it for sure. That the word of God is given to you as a tool. As your tool. To fight against satanic power. To destroy satanic power. Amen. Hallelujah. If you don't take advantage of the word, then you are going to suffer unnecessarily. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need a specific word. Somebody is using a weapon against you. You need a word that says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You have to be accurate. You don't pray a general prayer at that time. It's like a woodworker. Somebody who is doing a carpenter. Who wants to, after cutting his wood, he needs an instrument to plane it. Isn't it? An instrument called a plane, he didn't have. Then he started using a chisel and hammer. Eh? Will he get a good job done? Or he went ahead, started using some paper. Without first of all, planing it. Yeah, the result will not be good. Now when you, you design the weapons of darkness at work against you, you need to pull out the sword. A specific sword for that situation. What's the sword? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Draw it out and strike it. It is written in the word of God. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. In the name of Jesus, every weapon of darkness formed against my body, I command you, be destroyed. You draw out your sword. And you use it. And the weapon of the enemy that's working against you will be destroyed. Amen. Because the scripture cannot be broken. Somebody say it loud. Hallelujah. Somebody say, why, God, why doesn't God just defeat all the devils? Uh, so that we just continue to enjoy. 
God defeat all these devils in one day. Say, after all, God, it doesn't cost you anything. Abby? Defeat all the devils in one day. Unless of you enjoy it. It's not like that. I know many of you wish so, isn't it? But God doesn't want it like that. Why? It is when the devil rises against you that you will learn how to fight. And God wants you to be a good warrior. God wants you to be what? And if you don't fight, you will never be a good warrior. God has given you the weapons to overcome every battle. Amen. God is a warrior. You remember that's one of his names. Moses said, the Lord is a man of war. You remember? The Lord is his name. He's a man of war. And like father, like son. Complete it, like father, like son. How good, like daughter, like that. If you are a child of God and your father is a warrior, you are to be a warrior. You are not to be afraid somebody is trying to attack you. It should be a joy. That somebody is trying to attack you. When you discover you should rejoice. Say, oh, that's good. That's good. He will discover that Jesus' power is greater than any other power. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 The word of God has self-fulfilling power. You know, I was saying that to you. It has power to make itself come to pass. The word of God does not beg. It's not under anybody's authority. God doesn't beg anybody. Because he is in control. He has all power in the whole universe. Amen. Isaiah 55 Isaiah 55 Are you there? We are going to read from verse 6 Isaiah 55 uh, Shall we take it from 6? Let's take it from Alright, let's take it from 8 8 to 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, for watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and board, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. For he shall but he shall accomplish that which I please, and he shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. The word there has a mandate from God. God says it will not return to him void. What does he say about the word? It will not return to him void. It will accomplish what God has said. A word will accomplish what God sent it to do. Amen. 
Alleluia. The word of God cannot fail. So that self-fulfilling power, that's what I was talking about. The word of God has power within it to bring itself to pass. Amen. That's power to bring itself to pass. The word of God does not appeal to anybody. It has a mandate from God. And it carries out its mandate. Nobody can stop the word of God. Hallelujah. Nobody can stop the word of God. It has a mandate from God. Amen. It has a mandate from God. And it will fulfill its mandate. Whether anybody likes it or not. And that does not depend on what level of the power of darkness that is at work. Because every level of power must bow before the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God has self-fulfilling power. Say it again. It has power to bring itself to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you speak it, all you need to do is wait for the result. Believe. What did I say? Believe in it and it will not fail. Hallelujah. The problem with some people, after they have spoken the word of God, they don't believe. You speak the word of God, then you start talking rubbish. In your, the rubbish or negative things you are talking, we not allow the word to produce results in your life. But you have to check your language. Amen. Amen. It's so direct. As rain comes down and fulfills assignment, the word of God is a messenger. Say, the word of God is a messenger. Say it again. The word of God is a messenger. It's a messenger from God. It will carry out its purpose. Amen. The word never turns back at anything. Unless when you who is believing, you stop. It's like you are operating a bulldozer. Eh? Any tree will stand. Pardon? What of tall trees? A bulldozer. Bulldozer. Any tree will stand in the way? What of big trees? Big trees. Would they stand? What of the Roko tree? Oh, it's like that. But when the man operating the bulldozer stops, what can the bulldozer do? The word of God is more than a bulldozer. Amen? 
But when you who is operating it by faith, how do you operate the word of God? By faith. You operate your bulldozer by the key. Amen. You kick it. Or you start it, whichever way. You use the kickstarter to start it. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you put it in gear, isn't it? You drive it the way it's supposed to be operated. Every tree, everything will come down. Hallelujah. But when the driver stops the engine, what will happen? Nothing. Nothing will be nothing will be pulled down. Nothing will fall again. The word of God needs to be operated. It's a great tool, but if you don't operate it, you won't get results. The word cannot fail. Let that be said to your mind. There is nothing like, I used the word, it did not work. No. It's like setting a bulldozer against a, an Iroko tree, and you say, it did not, the bulldozer could not remove the tree. Huh? Is that possible? They will tell you, you don't know how to drive it. Abby? They will tell you, oh boy, you don't know how to operate the bulldozer. And bring a correct operator. Now, I will tell you, come and I will show you now. Within a minute, you see the tree on the ground. Hallelujah. The word of God will conquer witches, wizards, occultic power, charms, amulets, every kind of satanic power. If you know how to operate it. It's your major tool. Amen. And you must know how to operate the world. Failure to know how to operate the world. Means you won't get results. Then you, so, uh, you begin to look for help where there is no help. That will not be your portion in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Some people, instead of discovering the power of the word of God, they begin to look for false prophets around the town. Prophets that will deceive you and tell you to bring money. They are going to fast and pray for you. They tell you, bless, you know, they will fast and pray for you, bring 5,000. He said, you know, he has to, when breaking the fast, we need a tin of, uh, a tin of milk, a dozen, or three dozens. And then bon vita. You tell you, after fasting, you know, he has to break the fast. And he will charge you. Any prophet like that is a false prophet. Amen. See, I'm wiser than that. Don't fall into the hands of people like telling you we fast and pray for you. You go and bring 5,000. Eh? Hallelujah. You should be eating and drinking. You will be fasting and praying. And go and find out the man is not fasting. <laughs> He won't fast. He just took your money. <laughs> because it's a false prophet. It's a deceiver. Hallelujah. I think I've had a story like that. I can't remember exactly how it went. The person paid the prophet to fast and pray. And suddenly appeared. And met the prophet eating. <laughs> yeah? He said, ah! <laughs> It's the mouth for us to be fasting and break for him. Huh? I can't remember the story very well. I think I heard a story like that. He won't fast. He's a deceiver. You think somebody will go and be fasting? He'll tell you he'll fast seven days. 
Bilibili, when Yoruba says bilibili, you know what they mean? No food, no drink. He is lying to you. He won't fast any fast for you. And he will charge you. You too, you have become a fool for him. Can tell you 10,000. God, you cannot fast now. <laughs> That's why you as a child of God should know your God. Amen. Where did you ever see it in the Bible that Elijah was fasting and praying for somebody and charging him 10,000? And charge him any money. They don't spend naira there. But whatever. It's not done that way. The power of God is not for sale. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10.23 You have to maintain a good confession. Maintain a good confession. When you are prayed and you are using the power of the word of God, be careful to maintain a good confession. If you don't maintain a good confession, you may not get what you want. Because some miracles are instantaneous, some are not. Some miracles happen instantly, some don't happen instantly. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Without what? The word profession there means confession. It means the same thing. What is the meaning of confession? To say the same thing as the word of God has said. What is the meaning of confession? Say the same thing as the word of God has said. Some Christians get defeated when it comes to the level of confession. Or they are expecting an instantaneous miracle in a place where God is doing a gradual miracle. God does things the way He likes. You cannot detest for Him. Hallelujah. Then you have to hold your ground. 